Welcome back to Radio Physics, a collaboration with the Aspen Center for Physics, KDNK Community Radio in Carbondale, and physics students from the Roaring Fork Valley and beyond. The interns will spend two weeks working at the center during the summer and get to talk one-on-one -on -one to some of the distinguished physicists who are here visiting the Aspen Center for Physics. I'm Emily Taylor and I'm hosting today's program, which is being recorded at the Aspen Center for Physics. Ian Olmsted is a rising junior at Grand Valley High School in Parachute, Colorado, and Andrew Tran, rising senior at Glenwood Springs High School in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. They will interview Jessica Work, an associate professor at the University of Washington. Her research focuses on the role of gas in the formation and evolution of galaxies and the intergalactic medium, primarily through spectroscopic observations in the optical and ultraviolet. Take it away, Ian and Andrew. All right, so I would just like to, you know, start this by thanking you for being here. Thank, thank you for letting us interview. Um, what got you started on physics? Like at a young age, what, what made you want to be a physicist? Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. And in fact, you know, I loved physics in high school, and I was always good at math and, and science. But when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. In fact, I had this kind of vague idea that I wanted to learn a bunch of different languages and, yeah. and be a diplomat. But whatever, you know, that entailed, I wasn't sure. Um, and so I ended up taking Astronomy 101 in my freshman year in the spring semester because my college roommate thought we should take a class together. We had both taken calculus, we had both taken physics, and we couldn't get into the 101 level. We could only get into the like astrophysics for, for majors level. And we enrolled in the class at Wesleyan University. Um, the professor at the time was Katherine Johnston, who's now a professor at Columbia University, but it was her first year teaching at Wesleyan University. And after the first class, when I learned just about the grand scale of things, I learned that the sun is fusing hydrogen atoms, and that's what is powering its radiation. I... I don't know, I, it just completely blew my mind that photons after they leave the surface of the sun take eight and a half minutes to get to Earth. And I remember thinking when I left that class, this is what I wanna do. Right. This, I, this is what I have to do with my life. And my roommate hated it. We were, <laughs> she, she was like, I thought we were gonna be learning about constellations. And I was just like, wow, there's all this amazing physics in this class, yeah. this is great. I totally wasn't expecting this. And so at the very end of the uh, quarter, the spring semester, sorry, I'm on a quarter system at Washington. Mm -hmm. Wesley yeah. and I was on a semester system. At the end of the semester, I talked with my professor, Professor Johnston, and I asked her if she had any research opportunities for the summer. And luckily, she was kind enough to hire me for that summer. Mm -hmm. And I ended up working with her on, yeah. That's awesome. So do you think it was more of like just the being able to understand the universe or just like knowing that there was just that bigger scope out there that like you had no idea about? I think what's always attracted me to astrophysics in particular is this grand scale that's so bigger than, so much bigger than the human scale. Oh, yeah. So it, I like feeling small. In a way, it seems very comforting that there are things out there that are just so much bigger than we are at 
I don't know. Yeah, it helps me happening. put things in perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree. I understand that. Just like the the fascination, you know, knowing that there's stuff happening like millions of light years away, you know, and I have nothing, no, nothing that happens out there will affect my yes. life, but it's still happening. You know, it's still interesting. It's still... Well, and almost everything we observe happened in the past, yeah. right? Like the sky is this window to the past, like a yeah. time machine. So, you know, in essence, you're observing things that happened millions, if not yeah. billions of years ago. And I, I remember hearing that for the first time, like half the stars were, half the stars are gone. You know, half the stars that you yes. see at the night are just ghost stars. And I yeah. thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know. And personally, that's how I got into like wanting to be an astrophysicist, you know, like just diving into, well, well, how can that be? You know, how can I look at something and it not be there, you know, yes. and then, oh, well, light takes this long to travel and just further and further and further until you know just yeah it's just a really cool world I, I understand yeah I love that feeling that feeling of getting your mind blown yeah. a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I, I have yet to take a physics class um Andrew here has taken a physics class yeah, that was so. an experience yeah that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was <just laughs> we, we've heard stories um and I was meaning to ask you, um, do you prefer calc-based physics or algebra-based physics? Well, most of the physics you end up using in astrophysics, and generally the physics that, you know, physicists do involves quite a bit of calculus. Yeah, sure. so that's that's the physics of the greatest utility, I would right. say. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. So, so you've got to... You've got to learn to love calculus oh, in yeah. some way. Find something to like about it and something. go toward that. Yeah. yeah. Real something. Yeah. It ends up being incredibly useful. Yeah. And so, you know, just you think of it like a tool. Right. I mean, it's always better to have it and, you know, not need it. But I know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I can speak for a lot of people. You know, math is a little, <laughs> a little challenging sometimes. But just knowing that it's worth it, you know, to be able to learn that and then be able to apply that, you know, in astrophysics or, you know, in engineering or just something some somewhere other than, you know, right now, you yeah. know, just makes it being able to learn it a lot easier. And it's almost like a language, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, and once once you keep using it and keep uh, working at it and continuing, you know, over years and years, you'll build up this kind of facility with it that you, you can't imagine right now because it still feels very yeah. new to you, but you'll you'll get there. Yeah, and I mean... Even from like just my like my high school understanding being here around all these you know college professors and all that like I I'm confident in the ability of being able to understand like the low level of what they're talking about you know or like talking about cosine and sine you know or like theta I, I can understand you know a little bit of it so I can have conversations where it's like oh well, I don't understand that you know like explain that you know and have just the entry level knowledge position you know yeah like just being able to do that yeah that's where it starts yeah right and so just keep working at it <laughs> yeah it's really exciting. I was wondering, what is the most like exciting thing about your job so far that you've done? What, what do you What do you think it is? Well, okay, like the most exciting scientific result. Whatever you think is just most exciting in general. So, okay, so let's see. I got my PhD from the University of Michigan in 2010, and up until that time, I was working on the stuff that happens inside of galaxies. So if you think of a galaxy as this like beautiful kind of spiral disk, like the Milky Way with hundreds of billions of stars and new stars forming, um, I was very interested in characterizing kind of how that star formation is happening um, in the disks of the galaxies. When I got my PhD, I started a postdoc uh, right at the time that this new instrument was put on the Hubble Space Telescope. It was called the Cosmic Origin Spectrograph, mm -hmm. and it's a UV-sensitive spectrograph that they put on 
the Hubble Space Telescope during the resurfacing mission in 2009. And so I started my postdoc right at the time that people were able to use this new UV spectrograph that was the most sensitive UV spectrograph by about you know a factor of 10 uh, that opens this kind of new window into the ultraviolet universe, which is a really important window because here on Earth, we have an atmosphere, which is wonderful for living beings on the planet um, because it shields us from dangerous UV photons, but it shields us from UV photons. And not only UV photons from the sun, but UV photons from you know, astrophysical objects, mm -hmm. galaxies far, far away. So you have to get outside of the atmosphere to even see this ultraviolet window. And it turns out a lot of exciting astrophysics is happening in these ultraviolet windows. We just don't know it unless we get outside of the atmosphere. So the Hubble Space Telescope is outside of the Earth's atmosphere enough that it's sensitive to these UV photons. And so I teamed up with a collaboration as a postdoc um, that we called COS Halos. Uh, the PIs were Jason Tumlinson, Todd Tripp and uh, Jason Prochaska. Mm -hmm. And we had for the first time this sample of UV bright quasars near galaxies to look at the gas between galaxies in the most sensitive survey ever right. proposed. And I, as this postdoc, was getting to work on this for the first time, and it was very, very exciting. And I think the biggest result, the most exciting result that we got from this after a couple years of working on the data during this first cycle where this new instrument was available was that, okay, so you can see these beautiful jewels of galaxies with their spiral arms and everything. And it turns out that of all of the normal matter in the universe now, not even thinking about dark matter for people who know about dark matter. <laughs> Let's just think about the normal matter in the universe, which we call baryonic matter. Um, it makes up about, you know, 17% of the universe total. It turns out galaxies, of that 17%, galaxies themselves, these disks of galaxies, have like only 5% of those. And so it's like, where are the rest of those baryons, right, that mm -hmm. you expect to be there? And it turns out a huge fraction of them are in the spaces between galaxies, between and surrounding galaxies called the circumgalactic medium and the intergalactic medium. So most of the normal matter in the universe is not inside of these beautiful, you know, glowing jewels of spiral galaxies, but it's coursing in the vast spaces between the galaxies. And we were actually able to quantify this and observe this for the first time in uh, 2011-ish. That, that's amazing. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah, so that I think that's probably one of the more the most scientifically, you know, rewarding experiences of my life to open up this kind of new discovery space into the universe. Yeah. It was really fun. It was such a great collaboration. I still work with many of these people, and um, and now I'm kind of. What I'm uh, doing here, I'm kind of getting back to the Milky Way itself, just because it's our home galaxy, right. and um, and I'm really interested in understanding the atmosphere of the galaxy itself, what's not in the disk of the galaxy, the stuff around the galaxy and in our kind of local area, which we call the local group, and just kind of trying to quantify what's out there, what's it doing, how's it moving, is it coming into the galaxy, is it leaving the galaxy? Right. So I don't know, I think it's a really fun space oh, yeah. to be. I mean, just, just hearing about it sounds really interesting, you know, like just knowing that I don't know, just, again, just knowing that something else like this is going on, you know, like while I'm sitting here, you know, somewhere yes. else, people are people are making these groundbreaking discoveries, you know, to understand the universe more. That's just fascinating. Yeah, thanks. I think so, too. <laughs> How does it affect you to feel like, I, 
I mean, you just make these impacts in the like scientific world. How does that affect you in every day? Like, do you just think about every once in a while? You're like, <laughs> I, I discovered this incredible thing. Yeah. This is the best part of getting to talk to you guys because I like living it every day. You forget how cool it is sometimes, right? <laughs> like you're caught in like the details, right? Oh, you're like, okay. oh, the spectrum. I can't figure out how to like continuum fit it. It's so noisy. What happened to my data? Ah, I can't do this calculation. Oh, was this published before? And so you get really caught up in the details. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to like talk to you and talk to the public and kind of go out and give lectures and colloquium, visit other places and spread the news, it reminds you like, yes, what I'm doing is actually really cool and I can actually put it in context. And and so, yeah, but every day really it's like, you're really in the details. Your code's not working. You're debugging it. You're like, why does this plot look so bad? Um, or else, you know, for now, now I'm a professor mm-hmm. and have been for the last seven years. And I, you know, care a lot about my students and how mm-hmm. they're doing and making sure they're making progress and teaching my classes. And yeah, anyway, so yeah, you can get you can get really caught up on a day to day basis. So. Uh- I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, f- just knowing being here, like, it's amazing to be around, you know, people like you, just, like, knowing that you guys are, again, making those groundbreaking discoveries, you know, going out and doing all that, you know, like, it's it's just amazing. You know, you can feel it, you know, it's like an atmosphere here. Yes, like, I it's agree. Really, like, it's just really academic, you know, like, you mm-hmm. can tell everybody here is just really focused on knowledge, you know, and, like, learning, and it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just great to be around. I, I feel so lucky that this place actually exists, oh, yeah. because, like I said, for me, you know, I'm, I'm caught in kind of this everyday thing. I'm in Zoom meetings, I'm, you know, answering a million emails every day, and um, applying for grants, and so, but, like, I carved out this time to be here to really just think about my research and, you know, make uh, progress on mm. the science that I'm working on, and so it just, it feels like everybody's kind of doing that and it's just so peaceful and yeah. I've gotten such good thinking time in here which I don't get on a regular basis oh yeah and I mean I'm, I'm sure the you know the layout helps you know with the scenic pathways and the yes. beautiful trees and everything it's just gorgeous all the outdoor spaces yeah. and yeah it's amazing it's great and then to just be around all these other physicists who are oh, working yeah. on their own stuff who have insights new insights maybe into you know what you're working on, you might feel a little stuck, and then somebody mentions something, and you're like, "Oh, right. wait, I got. I'm going to go think about lead for a minute." Or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just, I think it's great being here, just because of like, there's so many different people from all over the world. You know, I don't think I've been in such a diverse area in my entire life. Like, I definitely haven't for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah, it must be really awesome to be here as a high school student. I never had oh, yeah. an experience or opportunity. It feels like, like so this. much change is happening yeah. here. Like there's, there's things that are ha- like we're just in high school. Like yeah. For, like in a couple of weeks we gotta take tests and stuff and it's like yeah. But, but there's some important things happening here. Yeah, you were just like walking by and we look at the chalkboard. We're like, oh, that, that's life changing to somebody. You know, <laughs> just keep walking. Like, <laughs> don't know what it means. Or not? It could be <laughs> well, totally yeah, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that. Random right. numbers are underlined. Don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you know, but. Yeah, it's just awesome being here. Yeah. Um, what else would you like to talk about? Is there any any questions that you haven't like you've never been asked that you've always wanted to talk about or anything like? Wow. Just been waiting for the chance to explain it. <laughs> well, okay. So I think about you guys. You're in high school, and you think, oh, I want to be yeah. a physicist. And I wonder what you think that means for you. Like, what what do you kind of envision it means to go forward and be a physicist? What do you what do you see ahead of yourselves? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm sure we can both agree. I have, like, a realistic idea, and then I have, like, 
a hopeful idea, you know, like, okay, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's like, two thoughts here. <laughs> yeah, like realistic is, you know, sitting, taking the Zoom meetings, filtering out the emails, you know, doing your studies, just like talking to other people. And then like the hopeful is like getting out, you know, doing experiments, like conversing, you know, going to retreats like this, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But and how yeah. much school do you think you have to have? And do you do you have a good picture of that? So much. So just much. so much. So much more school. You're going to be in school for so long. Four to seven years after high school or something like that? No? More than that. More, more than that. How? Well, so you'll do a bachelor's degree <laughs> next, right? Yeah, and yeah. you'll choose a major and maybe mm. you'll choose physics and or astronomy, depending mm. on where you end up going to college. And so you'll study that, you know. Uh, for four years and hopefully also kind of a broader array of courses mm. in the humanities so you'd get a much more breadth of your education yeah. and then you know if you really want to be a physicist or astrophysicist who's doing kind of you know groundbreaking research and being a primary investigator on you know experiments yeah. um, you'll probably need to go to graduate school and um, get a PhD so usually graduate school in the United States ranges anywhere between four and eight years. So I think you're thinking about something on the order of, you know, eight to 12 more years in school after you graduate high school. So you really, I think the main thing to know is that you really have to love learning, mm. right? You really have to view it as this is an opportunity to continue my like lifelong journey of learning. Mm. And for me, I know, you know, as a kid, I always liked school. I mean, I, I was like kind of a, a yeah. big nerd, but I I just love learning. Yeah. And I loved being in college. I loved being in grad school for the most part. Although, <laughs> you know, that's Up its own special yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, and I can say this now looking back, like I loved it every step of the way, but it's hard also. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's really easy to kind of get caught up in little things that might be going wrong and not to be able to take a step back and really exist in that present moment and feel, you know, so lucky to be able to do what you're doing yeah. and just so privileged to be able to, you know, study the universe in this way. Um, I really think being able to do something like basic science, like physics with, you know, no expectation that it's going to have an immediate impact on, say, like the cars we drive or right. the heat in our homes or something like that, like more kind of applied physics or engineering, which is also incredibly valuable and useful. But yeah. to be able to kind of think more abstractly about our cosmic origins, yeah. right, like as human beings on this planet, I think... Um, it's just we're so lucky to be able to do that. To me, yeah. that's like the best part about being human, right? Oh, like yeah. we've evolved to this point that we can ask these grand questions about our 13.6 you know billion yeah. year history. Um, so so yeah, but I think one thing to emphasize just for you as you're starting out, you think about this, you think, oh my God, I'm going to be in school for <laughs> eight yeah. to twelve more years, and then after that, usually you like do a postdoc for five years before mm -hmm. you become a professor, and it's it can be hard out there trying to get those jobs, and at every stage you might be thinking. I need a backup plan because this might not work out or you know mm. and so I, I always had that in my head I had a back I thought oh I'll be a high school I, I always thought I could be a high school teacher because I just love teaching right. and I love learning and I knew I wanted to be in kind of a school environment but um you know you have to just I don't know take stock every now and then <laughs> yeah I mean I that's fair personally I can emphasize with the like being like loving school for the, the learning of it you know like the being able to like 
you go to school and you have to do like a really hard test or something, you know, and then you go home and like your mom asks like asks you a question about it and then you can answer the question. You know, yeah. like I know personally chemistry was just an eye opener for me, you know, like just being able to understand the world and like this unique point of view, you know, like I, I remember we talked about like calculating how many molecules is in something and I went home and like I set a glass of water down and I could tell my mom like I know exactly how many molecules are in that. Oh, like, that's, that's so just, cool, right? Yeah, like just being yes. able to feel that, you know, like the understanding like and to even just it. know what a molecule yeah. is, right? To see a glass of water and think that it's made of all these molecules, yeah. H2O. I think, again, it just ties into that, like, the, the unseen principles, you know, like, the, what's going on behind the scenes. You know, like, yes. I'm, I'm sitting here, but, like, on the other side of the world, something else could be happening that's changing our lives. You know, like, I just, I, I love being able to understand that, you know, so I, I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. And when you said unseen, that just made me think, like, that is really it, right? Like, you're sitting in this room, this room is filled with atoms and molecules, right, that we can't see immediately, yeah. but thinking that we have the tools to be able to detect them and know that they're there and make quantifiable measurements and understand, yeah. you know, what it's made of. And it's all, to me, that's very exciting is understanding yeah. this unseen world, which is why I really like this idea of understanding these unseen components of yeah. galaxies and of the universe, of this cosmic web. Because it's, um, it's all always there, exactly. It's yeah. just you don't you don't see it. It's it's hidden knowledge that you kind of have to work for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let's see. Here's something else I can tell you, um, just by way of kind of analogy of mm. what we're some of what we're talking about. So, all right, everybody, right take right. a deep breath. Fill your lungs with air. All right, so when on that last inhale and you filled your lungs, maybe imagine your lungs can hold about a liter worth of, of air. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out that there are more oxygen atoms in that single breathful of air than there are in the entire Earth's atmosphere. So the, sorry, then there are then there are breathfuls of air in the entire Earth's atmosphere. So let me say that again. There are more oxygen atoms in a single breathful of air than there are breathfuls of air in the entire Earth's atmosphere. Right. So this is just an argument of kind of scale. Yeah. Right. If you think about like a liter of air in your lungs, the number of breathfuls of air, there's a lot of breathfuls of air in the Earth's yeah. atmosphere, but there's way more atoms in that single breathfuls of air than there are breathfuls of air in the entire Earth's atmosphere. So this is a scale argument, but. I love this analogy, and people make this with dinosaurs and Julius Caesar, but the analogy is basically that this last breath of air you just drew in contains at least one atom in common with the first breath you ever drew as a human being on planet Earth. Yeah. And so you can imagine that like the atoms and the atmosphere and on this planet are always cycling into new forms and different states and different places, but like there's only so many of them. And so just like that cycle is happening on Earth and in the atmosphere, it's happening on these huge grand scales outside of galaxies where atoms are getting recycled into new forms over, you know, 13.6 billion years. But the truth is that most of those atoms, right, have existed for 13.6 billion years and you know you can kind of trace their journey over time and it's very exciting yeah i i think the whole like the whole not being no matters created or destroyed i think that mm -hmm. was again like another eye-opener you know just like like i i don't know i always think you know you go out into the forest you make a fire you get the wood and the wood turns into the fire you know and that's that you know mm -hmm. but then you grow up and you learn like the fire actually turns into the smoke you know and then the smoke turns into yeah. this and then you know it's just yeah i think it's amazing you know the water cycle just like mm -hmm. how everything is a system you know self-contained yeah. 
and then again just to look out and like into the universe you know like i'm a part of that system earth itself is a part of that system you know like while i myself think that there's these tiny mechanisms that are going on that i don't know like compare that to the universe like what else is going on that we don't know exactly like, and the other yeah. cool thing right is like a lot of the atoms in your body were at one point in the core of a star yeah and we're like ultimately, you know, ejected when that star ended its life and they ended up on this planet, you know, 93 million miles from the closest star. How cool is that? And then here you are, mm -hmm. self-aware, able to think about all of it. Yeah, it, it's really, <laughs> at a certain level, it's a little, it's a little weird to think about, but it's I love just it. so fascinating. Yeah. That's what I like the most. This would destroy childhood me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like oh, what's happening? Yeah. I think if I weren't an astronomer, I would want to be a neuroscientist and understand kind of like the origins of consciousness mm. because I do think, you know, you can think of yourself as like this temporary collection of various atoms or whatever that have been cycling through various forms over 13.6 billion years, but it's a special kind of collection where you can actually like be aware of your own yeah. existence and the existence of things outside of yourself, which exactly. for me, I'm just like, how did that happen? Yeah. And so, I, I don't know, that's, that's you know, touching I, on things that I don't fully understand. <laughs> I think that about like the, the beginning of life because, you know, again, chemistry, you know, we're learning like, mm. it went from everything was just rocks and rocks, you know, and like minerals and pure elements to then the elements started making themselves. And then the elements could then go grab other elements and interact and like have, you know, the sentient thought and thought process and just like start to finish how, how that happened. You know, like it's right. a complete drastic change. Just, it really is. It's really fascinating to think about and to learn about. Like, yeah, I, I think know. one of the, I think there are a couple interdisciplinary, um, you know, subfields of astronomy. So astrobiology and astrochemistry that are really kind of like on the forefront of, you know, thinking about, you know, how life arises yeah. in the universe. And I don't know at what point there, um, I'm going to touch on consciousness. Yeah. I don't think they say anything about that at this point. But um, I do think that these kind of like large scale interdisciplinary efforts are yeah. really incredible and can make a huge impact in the future. I can't wait to find out what we discover oh, yeah. in the next, you know, 20 years because there's lots of cool stuff on the horizon. Yeah, it's like a sci fi movie. You know, you're just sitting here like getting the trailer of it. And then, you know, in 20 years, like the movie's going to come out, you know, and, yeah. It's already yeah. foreshadows awesome. itself, right? You're yeah. like, oh, 20 years ago, this happened, and this, it led to that. Yes. Yeah. It's just awesome. Do you guys have one final question? Um, What was the hardest subject for you in school? That's a good one. That's a really good question. Quantum mechanics. Hmm. I can uh, see that. Just because it's it wasn't intuitive for me. <laughs> like, you know. for me, too. Don't worry. Yeah, just to envision, like... The probability, you know, distributions rather mm -hmm. than like something is somewhere. Yeah, it's you not know, finite. And, yeah exactly. That that was hard for me. <laughs> I, I, I think that's understandable. <laughs> nice. And with that, I I think we will close this interview. Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been Jessica Work, astrophysicist and associate professor at the University of Washington. And thank you to our high school interns for this interview, Ian Olmsted and Andrew Tran. We hope you enjoyed this radio physics. For more information about our internship program and events at the Aspen Center for Physics, please visit our website at aspenphys.org or follow us on social at Aspen Physics. <laughs>